Hello and welcome to the DJ Force 10 In Conversation podcast episode 100. Yes, we are in triple figures, finally. And I have a very special guest on this show to celebrate this 100th episode. It is John Lodge. Uh, the bass player, singer, songwriter um, of the legendary Moody Blues. Um, and it was an absolute pleasure speaking to the man um, who does a lot of charity work. Um, but he has a new album coming out. I'll go on about, I'm um, just going to talk about the charities in a second. Uh, but he's got a new album coming out called Beyond the Very Best Of, uh, where it is a combination of solo material and uh, Moody Blues songs, uh, some remixed, some recorded live. Um, and uh, generally remastered by the man himself rather than a sort of generic producer uh, jumping in on there. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to him. Uh, he does a lot for um, a couple of charities, the Variety Club of Great Britain, uh, to sort of go a bit more local on that front. Um, so he does a lot of sort of golf days, stuff like that, raising money. Um, and he's also got a, a charity of his own, the Sandy Lane Charitable Trust in Barbados, which um, helps underprivileged children um, sort of set, set them up for the future, give them various you know bits and bobs you need to live the things we take for granted and stuff like that um but yeah um do check those out um and also obviously check out the uh the interview coming up i want to thank the people who have uh, been listening recently uh to the run-up of shows that i've had um the feedback's been awesome so keep that coming um i'm absolutely loving it <laughs> um, um it's really helping honestly it's making it um you know uh worthwhile that people are listening and stuff like that and uh actually giving me feedback on it as well so um it's been it's been great actually sort of um seeing the sort of reach that some of these shows have had just due to the guests that i've got on here and hopefully that will continue um with the more guests that i get um the more reach will get out there and and more people to hear some of the some of the other interviews i've done with bands and maybe discover a few um and that's kind of what i want to do i want to um you know get people discovering uh new bands um along with the the sort of classic ones that are uh coming out with stuff as well which is absolutely fantastic um still doing my scratch work we're on day 264 um of 365 days of scratch do check that out on youtube and my instagram channel um that's still going well uh, i'm doing it every day um did it in the club last night it's why my voice is a bit hoarse by the way uh i got a bit carried away uh djing last night in guildford um at reload uh and that was it was a freaking awesome night <laughs> um and uh yeah i got a little bit carried away on the microphone for one bit and kind of blew my voice out a little bit but it was all worth it um just had loads of people dancing and generally i think they're feeling it today so it's why I do it. It's why I do it. So yeah, um, I'm not going to keep you much longer because my voice is uh, is going. So here it is. This is, like I say, the legendary John Lodge from the equally legendary Moody Blues in conversation with me, DJ Force 10. Enjoy. Hi Barnaby, how you doing? I'm good. How are you yeah. doing? Yeah, fine, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, thank you for doing this. <laughs> First That's and foremost, um, and uh, yeah, it goes out on uh, uh, Total Rock um, Radio um, and my podcast as well. So fabulous. Um, 
so it gets a little coverage here it gets a bit of coverage over the usa because i used to live over there as well so um i've got a few subscribers over that area of the world as well because i've just seen you've uh, got a couple of tour dates coming up over there so have you oh brilliant yeah cool um well yeah um uh, let's get started then i guess um yeah i'm just gonna hit record on the thing here excellent so that's all coming through and you can obviously hear me and everything so that's good cool well john um thank you very much uh for uh joining me today on my show um we're here to talk about your uh new album that's coming out uh beyond the very best of uh, which is uh, obviously a compilation of, of songs from your your repertoire of the past of the Moody Blues and um, solo um, career. Um, yeah, I was just wanting to find out a bit more about it. I've, I've heard a couple of the songs off it, uh, the live version of uh, I'm Just a Singer in a Rock and Roll Band, um, which is fantastic. It was... Uh, that was one of the songs my dad used to listen to. <laughs> um, um, but no, I just remember like uh, in the car with him, and um, it was uh, like uh, songs from from the Moody Blues, um, Eric Clapton, uh, things like that, that that sort of era of music. And um, yeah, it, it really took me back, to be honest. And it has uh, the live recording is fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I recorded that at Birmingham Town Hall. Uh, you know, I'm from Birmingham. Yeah, and. Uh, I wanted to go back there on my first solo tour and play Birmingham Town Hall. The reason really is because Birmingham Town Hall was an iconic venue where uh, every American rock and roll uh, singer icon played, you know. And I was a Buddy Holly fan, absolutely still is. You know, he was my uh, person, my go-to rock music guy, the guy who showed me how to uh, do what I do today, you know. And uh, I uh, managed to get a ticket when I was 13 to see Buddy Holly's. Um, and I was on the top first, I was on the front row of the circle looking down on the stage of Buddy Holly and the crickets. Oh, man. And uh, I thought that'd be a great place to uh, record a live album, uh, standing on that stage where Buddy Holly was and uh, looking up probably at a, Another young Johnny Lodge looking down on me, you know, so perhaps uh, someone else will carry on in another generation, be another uh, musician. Who knows? Yeah. No, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I know Birmingham relatively well. Uh, I've been up there a few times, uh, played a few shows myself there. Um, and you get some great crowds up there, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great music town, you know, and uh, there's... You know, so many music art, so much music has come out of Birmingham. It's incredible when uh, think of the the artists, the diversity yeah. uh, of the music. You know, from UB40 to Moody Blues to ELO, uh, Stevie Winder, Winwood. You know, it just goes on and on. You know, yeah. Spencer Davis. Yeah, and you got uh, obviously Black Sabbath and uh, and uh, Judas Priest to sort of hit the other side of the rock and roll spectrum. Um, yeah, and, and Trapeze who are managed. You know, I. Uh, Produced a couple of their albums for them, you know, Glenn Hughes and that. Yeah, just just brilliant music from uh, you know from that area of England. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so what um what was your um oh, it's, a, it's a weird question. What was your inspiration going back and re-recording some of these these classic songs? Well, it 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 uh, it all came together in lots of different parts of a jigsaw in a way. Uh, last year, there was a movie came out. Uh, called Private Lives, and they featured a song of mine called Say 
of me. Mm. And uh, I hadn't really given a- any more thought to that song, to be honest, because I'd recorded during the 70s. And it came out in the movies, and um, I started to think about that song. And at the same time, um, I just finished a cruise with um, uh, Yes, uh, called Cruise to the Edge out of Florida through the Caribbean. And uh, they invited to go on a tour of the summer uh, called the Royal Affair Tour with uh, Yes, yeah. Asia, uh, Carl Palmer, and uh, the amazing world of Arthur Brown. Oh, nice. And so that was another part of the jigsaw came together. And then I met um, a guy called Hartwig, who was president of BMG uh, uh, Records, and um, I suddenly met someone in the in in the recording industry who was a real music man, mm. and I, I got excited again because, uh, to be honest, over the last ten years, I haven't met anyone in the music industry who are real music people. I haven't met those people. They may exist, but I haven't met them. Mm. But I suddenly met him, and uh, we started talking. You know, and. Uh, he asked me if I'd be interested to go with BMG, and I said, yeah, of course I would. And we thought about how we'd best do it, and I thought, well, perhaps the best way really is to uh, bring an audience up to date of who John Lodge is, you know, yeah. spreading over the years of the Moody Blues, and John Lodge is a solo artist. And uh, so that's what I did, and I thought, oh, but I started thinking about Say You Love Me. So I went back into the... Uh, Studios, and I found the uh, all the original twenty-four track recordings oh, wow. uh, of the album Natural Avenue, and so I baked all the uh, recordings uh, and then digitized everything, and uh, went back in the studio and remixed uh, the the songs um, in like a two thousand nineteen manner. I just yeah. wanted to sound like they'd been recorded in two thousand nineteen, but. The most important thing to me on the re- on the remixes was they had to have that same emotion that I had and the same, you know, commitment from the musicians, people like Kenny Jones and Chris Spedding. I really wanted their emotion when they were playing those songs to come across today. I, 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 that's why I remixed them, not remade them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure like everyone else sometimes, you're listening to a record uh, or a recording of a, uh, an artist that you like, and you realise it's not the original recording; it's uh, a remake, and yeah. uh, it's not what I'm to hear, you know. So. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I mean, obviously, um, having the originals to pull from as well—that's um, uh, something obviously that a lot of artists have been hit with recently because of the big fire in the states at the Universal. Um, yeah, I, I know. I'm, you know, it really would me. You know, and uh, fortunately, because we've been independent from most people all our lives, mm. we've got our own store with all our um, tapes and all our recordings in. And I don't think anything was there at Universal. I hope yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> I say it's uh, no. That's amazing because um, yeah, a lot a lot of artists don't. Um, I mean, if you get like remastered uh, uh, versions of, but often they're just um, taken from an already mixed recording and just sort of brightened up a little bit using the technology we have today. Yeah, and, and the other thing for me is what was really important, I've, I've heard a lot of remixes, I've heard some remasters of the Moody's come out, you know, mm. 
And I'm thinking, who, who, master, who remastered that? It wasn't me, uh, because <laughs> it, does, it doesn't sound right anymore. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of the remasters I, I just don't like. And uh, I, th I think um, also, I think when you get remixes, it's never remixed by the people who made the music in the first place. It's someone's interpretation yeah. of that mix. And it's never right. I, I've never heard a remix other than if the artist has remixed it themselves or the producer, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so remastering, most people go back to the CD and remaster the CD yeah. and release that as a remaster. Uh, and going back to the original tapes, who's going to really look for those original masters? Very few people. Yeah, and not a lot of, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing not a lot of places have the the uh the old technology if you will to um to to bring those to a, a digital sort of point obviously there are places out there but they i would have thought they're few and far between um just judging and also, yeah and also also you've got to understand how how those tapes were made how those recordings were made you know uh some of our earliest recordings had no um the dolby sound system or dbx yeah. we used to th we used to think I have no idea how they did this. It was the technical part of the Deco Record Company. They used to do a thing called stretching the tape. And uh, I don't know whether that was a physical thing or just a word they used, uh, but it was like uh, a pre-Dolby uh, to get rid of the hiss. Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't know that had a name. <laughs> um, I was. I was. Uh, I was originally taught uh, sound production using reel-to-reels, so um, I, I. I. I know what they look like i know how they work but i've never heard the term stretching the tape before so i've learned something today <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a, it was a fascinating time because you know we, we recorded our first album with an orchestra on four tracks oh wow you know but when you went from four tracks we went to another four track machine but we had to um we had to um uh, mix those four tracks into two yeah and as you, as you go down to take those tracks down to two tracks you're add, adding hiss and degeneration so you have to be really careful you know because you could end up with something although it's the same recording it's degenerated you know you've lost the high frequencies and the low frequencies yeah. and, you know the hiss uh, increases but uh, it was a great learning curve at that time with the technicians at the uh, Decca record studio awesome Oh, that's also I just like I, I love that process of of like how how it was done um the sort of because like obviously now we're spoiled for the sort of technology that we have at our fingertips and at the price that we can get it at and the quality that it can come out at as well it's it's all very um very clean in some respects but um back then when you think about well else well when I think about what they had to do in order to get more than two tracks or four tracks at the same time like you say you just had to keep recording down mixing down and recording mixing down and recording and hope you know try not to lose the quality each time you do it so yeah absolutely yeah. i mean when quad, quad uh tapes came out they wanted to uh you know release days of future past on quad which they did uh, uh and when we told them hey, it's only on four tracks anyway mm. <laughs> so you've got one track to the left one to the right one to the back left one to the back right full stop yeah <laughs> cool so um you've got uh, uh i mentioned um i think before we started the uh you've got a couple of u.s dates coming up 
in uh, yeah, November. But... Um, is that is that a solo tour or is that with um, like because obviously, like you said, you went out with Yes and um, uh, Carl Palmer and Asia. Um, is this a solo uh, run? Yeah, this is a short solo run just to coincide with the album. Uh, one of the areas uh, we didn't cover on the Royal Affair tour with Yes during the summer was the Midwest in the USA. Okay. And uh, so I said, I'd like to go to the, back to the the Midwest with my, with my tour and my songs, and uh, that's what we're doing. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, that's in November to go inside with the release of the album. Excellent. And, uh, and, and then I'm touring in, in the States in uh, February, March next year, and uh, a rock and romance cruise with Don Felder, uh, uh, America and Trick. Trick. So nice. I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. I was going to mention that cruise because um, I love that this is a thing now, though, uh, where you get these, yeah. these like, rolling or, or floating festivals i think that <laughs> they are um because i've been on a couple of cruises myself in the past and they're very leisurely very kind of you know um relaxing and you know it's it's all very everything's on on cue for you but i i've been trying to i've never been on a like a a, uh, a music cruise if you will a music yeah. cruise is just something totally different uh to to anything you could experience about yeah. cruising uh, because you've got music playing nonstop, and uh, you, you you do in the theatres. You've got bands playing in the theatres. The stage area is all covered over, so there's no swimming pools and all that thing. But it's an outdoor festival stage, um, so you feel as though you're outdoors in a festival somewhere, uh, wherever you are in the world, you know. Mm. And then in the bars, you got bands playing, and in the it, it's just an amazing, uh, uh, and you've got interviews, you've got Q&As going on, mm. uh, and it's seven days of music. It, it It's a real more personal festival because you're up close to the artists uh, you want to see, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, it, it's a really great experience. Anybody who's not experienced it, go do it because uh, you will really like it. It, 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 it. I think it's a future of uh, uh, of uh, festivals, music festivals, because uh, it's just a great experience. Yeah, it's it's an all in one package as well. Because obviously, like I said, I've been on cruises before, like not music ones, but you get everything included. You can get your food included. You get your it's like all expenses paid, if you will. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. And it's, that, it's that with your favorite kind of like you know artists on board as well, playing shows and whatnot, and like you say Q and As and everything. Um. It's all there, so yeah, it is. It's, com- it's a com- yeah, completely different experience. <laughs> and, and and also, what's really good, you know, as I said, because there's, there's outdoor stages, there's the theatres, there's the bars, there's the lounge, there's all these different places. So you can see the artists in different environments. You know, yeah, uh, you can be up close to someone who's perhaps doing a solo event, uh, really up close in a bar, listening to him. You know, and instead of on a huge stage, and the only chance you've seen him is by on the screen that's by the side of the stage <laughs> you know so uh yeah it's it's a different event cool um so taking it back a little bit to the royal affair tour um how was that in the u.s with with yes asia and whatnot how was that um how how was it received uh it, it was received really well we did 30 cities across america 
And uh, it was great because, it, it, you know, it was all sort of prog rock and everything. And uh, uh, it, it, it was really, I, I had a great time. And I think the audience had a great time. Uh, all the artists, you know, yes, the Asia was, we all got together. It was great. And, uh, you know, in fact, uh, for my encore, I do a song called Ride My Seesaw, mm. and uh, John Davison from Yes, their singer, came on and joined me for that encore. Oh, and, uh, uh, and at the very end of the tour, um, uh, uh, Yes, for one of their encore songs, uh, was Imagine. And, uh, and I... I joined them on stage for Imagine. So it was a great affair, you know. It was just a, a brilliant time. Amazing. Ah, okay. I, hope, I hope he continue. I hope he continues. I'd really like that Royal Affair to come to the UK. Yeah, know, I was going to say, was it, was, did it even hit? Because I didn't obviously didn't see anything about it. I was going to ask if it hit the UK, but obviously it didn't. Um, well, it, it may do. It's a Live Nation tour of America. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, Maybe, but you know, um, you know. Yes, are the obviously the headline act on that, and they have to make a decision yeah. of where they want to appear. You know, uh, before you can put anything else together. And uh, perhaps if Yes wanted to tour in the UK, it'll be the Royal Affair tour, and yeah. uh, it'd be great to be on that. I, I, it, it, it was really. I think. Uh, I think the British audiences would love it. I yes. really do because uh, there was a magic that happened. And it was the other thing which was really good about the tour, and people forget about this. It was seamless. Uh, in actual fact, when when Carl Palmer went on, it took his applause, and as he walked off, basically we were then coming on yeah. uh, and performing. And then when I, I took my applause, Asia came on, uh, and and it was seamless. And so there was hanging around waiting for the next act to set up and yeah. everything else uh the crew really got it together uh, so well done to the crew on that tour nice that's what i'm i sort of i've noticed that with a couple of like more recent shows especially with sort of more um classic artists like yourself and things that the changeover between the bands it, like you say is seamless it's very quick as well um so there's very little downtime which is which yeah. i really like that because I was in a band for, I think I mentioned this, I was in a band for many years, but I was, um, yeah, there's always that hanging around moment between when that band finishes and you're on. Yeah. And you're waiting for them to pack down, for you to then pack on, and then, and then you know, and, it, and there's always that 15, 20, 25 minutes, depending on. Yeah, know. the audience, the audience, you know, if I was in the audience, <laughs> I'd get restless. Yeah. And that's, that's when people go, oh, let's go and have a drink, or let's go and buy uh, some merchandise, or let's wander off and say hello to our friends over there. Uh, but because it was seamless, the audience stayed there, and it was a long show. You know, I mean, yeah. it was four hours. We were starting some nights at six thirty in the evening. You know, <laughs> so it was a long concert, and uh, you know, well done to the audience yeah. <laughs> for sitting there for being there that long. You know, but no, that's brilliant. amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, John, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I've got a couple of questions left, if this is all right. Um, these are sort of uh, my sort of roundup questions, if you will, um, that I do ask uh, most of the people that I speak to. But um, let's crack on with it. What, um, what is, is one for you? It might be, I don't know how difficult this one's going to be, but um, your, what are your top three albums um, that kind of sum up the person that you are um, or musician that you are? 
Uh, oh, dear. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, first one would be Chirping Crickets, Buddy Holly. Nice. Yes. Um, Buddy Holly to me was the icon. He was my peer. He was the person that, you know, up, at, up until Buddy Holly, everyone, you know, all the American rock and roll greats were all these uh, iconic people who English, British people can't be. We yeah. can't be. Uh, little Richard G. Vincent, Elvis Presley. We just couldn't. We could be a we could be a copy, but we could never be those people. Yeah. Uh, but Buddy Holly came along with a guitar suit and even a, uh, a dicky bow, you know, a black tie, <laughs> uh, and started singing these songs, and um, it, it just blew me away. I learned every every Buddy Holly song, and uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is uh, this is how I can do. This is how. British rockers could start doing it, you know. And uh, so, chirping crickets. Um, uh, uh, anybody, any Bob Dylan album. Okay. Uh, Highway Six, you know. Yeah. Any Nashville Skyline. Nashville Skyline. Okay. I'll say Nashville Skyline only because uh, we did the Isle of Wight Festival with Dylan. Uh, and I think that was 1969 with the Bob Dylan Festival. And that album came out that year. So I'd say Nashville Skyline because it, it was uh, a wonderful time for British and American music crossing, uh, crossing the Atlantic. So people forget it was also crossing European borders. Yeah. And uh, there were so many Europeans that made their way across to the Isle of Wight. So yeah. uh, that was important. And uh, the third album, well, I don't know. How about Imagine? Just because I've been doing Imagine on stage. Yeah. With Yes. And uh, some great songs on that album. Yeah. Uh, Je- Jealous Guy. One of the, uh, you know, there's a beautiful string arrangement on that. People listen to it and listen to the end of that album, uh, end of that song. Yeah. Excellent. Those three. Cool. Thank you for that. Um, and do you have any um, hobbies or, or passions away from the music? Yeah, golf. Um, cool. Yeah, I've been really, yeah, golf has been really good for me. I've been a member of the Variety Club. I've, Actually, captain the Varai Club golf team. Nice, uh, and uh, it took me around the world as well. You know, I for anybody who's a golfer out there, I captained England against Arnold Palmer's team at Bay Hill. Oh wow, that was wonderful. Uh, but what I've been really pleased about golf is the it's the variety, it's the charitable charitable side of it. Yeah, uh, and I've been really really pleased that we've been able to buy so many coaches buses. Uh, for disabled and disadvantaged children, you know, and uh, it's given them. And uh, so golf has been really good from that point of view and, uh, uh, you know, may well it continue. Yeah, no, definitely. Golf is one of my pastimes as well. Um, Actually, I'm staring at my golf clubs right now when you said that. They're they're in my studio (laughs) with me. Um, But my brother was a a former pro as well. He used to play on the um, European tours. What's his name? Uh, his name's Elliot uh, Wattingham. Yeah. Um, he's a, he doesn't play anymore, unfortunately. But he, I mean, he plays as an amateur now, uh, and he actually organises golf days. Oh, fantastic! Like, for charities and things like that. So he does he does a lot of that in the sort of um, uh, sort of local area to where I am. I'm in Surrey at the moment, so he's um, he's down in Worthing now. But he was organising things at various golf clubs around the area. Well, if you um, if you, if you want to come and play, if I'm around, I'll come and play anything. 
anything, anything for charity golf tournaments, oh, okay. you know. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I have a few charities. I've had one in Spain for many years, yeah. building a hospice out there. I've got a, a charity in uh, Barbados I work with and uh, golf tournaments and the Variety Club, of course. And uh, it's been great because it, it's opened up another door. And uh, I found as well, I've been writing songs, you know, if I've got stuck on an idea or stuck on arrangement, it, it, you know, golf is a Zen sport yeah. and you have to really focus on it. And sometimes when you focus on something else, which is totally diverse to what you're doing, you get a, a re, eureka moment and you go, oh, I know how to do that song yeah. or I know how to do that arrangement. Um, and normally I'll pack my clubs up and go, come straight home and get on with it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, because it's uh, what they say. It's uh, it's 90% um, in your head and then 10% mental. <laughs> a game of golf. That's, so, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely. I have the same thing. Like, I, I have another part of cooking. I love cooking, and and I have to listen to um, if I'm concocting something, I have to have like jazz or or, or like progressive rock on in the background. Um, yeah, just to occupy that that sort of chaos part of my mind. I think it is. Yeah, um, is just to cool? sort of so I can keep the sort of methodical part on the actual cooking side of things. Otherwise, everything would just go in the pan. Yeah, and it will get mixed up. And it's just Show like, me. yeah, Show me. exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Like one more question, and uh, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. Um, is there any um, bands out there right now that you are listening to, or or want to give a shout? Any any sort of bands, like new bands, anything like that? Uh, to be honest, and I, you know, I don't really want to say the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I and I don't mean that in in a way that there's not new bands out there. Yeah. But I will go anywhere where there's live music playing. I okay. just love live live music. And uh, when I'm traveling, if someone says to me, there's a great band playing there, I'll go and see them, you know. Uh, I was I was somewhere the other day, and uh, somebody said, go and see this band. There's only three of them, but the keyboard player, uh, it does all the singing. looks like looks like... Uh, um, heavy rock metal guy, mm. uh, but he, he plays the bass on the left-hand side, but sings as well in a different tempo. Oh. And this guy was just brilliant. And I went to see him four nights in in two weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, live music to me, um, because it's very difficult now. I think when, when, I, when I was growing up, we had the opportunity of great record company, and you could buy an album and listen to an album, listen to a band, and say, yeah, I really love that. Uh, but that opportunity doesn't uh, exist now. Uh, there seems to be like four artists that command all the attention of everyone. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are four artists that are not really, uh, that, that, that don't hit my emotional level, you know, either from uh, a rock and roll side or from a lyric side or anything else. And uh, So... Uh, the only way to listen to great music now is go and see live bands, live yeah. artists. No, definitely. I can agree with that totally. Awesome. John, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, thank you very much. Answering thank my you. questions and whatnot. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have a chat with my brother about the golf side of things. Yeah. He's got planning if there's uh, anything coming up. Um, where Are you in Birmingham? Are you around there? No, or? I'm in Surrey. Oh. I'm in Surrey. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
That's what I'm saying. I mean, sorry, so it okay. works pretty well. That does work pretty well. Didn't realize that. That's cool. All right. Um, yeah, I will. I will reach out to him because I know he's got a couple of days. He's kind of like penciling out at the moment. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let him know. Um, and what's the best way of reaching you? Is it? Would it be this, just on this number? On this number. On this. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Te- Texted is always the best way. Texting. Okay. Cool. I will let him know. And um, yeah. Um, and hopefully he'll be in touch, and you guys can. Uh, work something out and I'll probably play as well which would be nice so. yeah come along and play have some fun excellent um, just one other actually one other thing uh, what are the name of your charities because I'll give them a, a shout out on the um, podcast okay. radio as well one is called the well the best one uh, is the Sandy Lane Charitable Trust uh, and that's in Barbados okay and uh, you, you know we we, uh, we we built a sunshine village uh, oh. out there um, for it's for children, you know, it's just children. Uh, you know, you got to give children a chance in oh, life, and uh, yeah. that tomorrow, if, if you give them a chance, they will come back and they they will become people in their own right, yep. and and developers. You know, it's important, and uh, that's really the main one. Uh, and the other one, of course, is the Variety Club of Great Britain, uh, Sunshine Coaches. Okay. Cool. That's Variety Club, Great Britain. Cool. Awesome. I will um, note that down in my. Um, uh, or actually, I'll, I'll give it a shout out in the actual podcast. Okay, well. brilliant. So, um, so that'll get a shout out in there and, um, you know, hopefully get some oh, from it. Um, but yeah, again, John, thank you very much. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck with the tour of the States um, and the album. Thank you very much. And, and thank um, you for the interview. Good luck. Uh, no yeah, good luck to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.